Houston, we have a problem. We have a main bus B undervolt. We've got a lot of thruster What's activity here, Houston. Houston now? It just went offline. Oh, there's another master alarm, Houston. Christ, there was no repress valve. Maybe it's in quads. We've got a computer restart. I'm going to reconfigure the RCS. We've got a big light. When these fire, doesn't make any sense. We've got multiple caution and warning, Houston. AC bus one, AC bus two, command module computer. Maybe this is a caution and warning. Failure. Houston, we are venting something out into space. I can see it outside of window one right now. It's got to be the oxygen. Welcome to the boot. That's right. It's the boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. I think you should say it again because I don't think Hollywood. We're in Hollywood currently. We're in a soundproof room. They they can't hear us. <laughs> should I scream? Yeah. Uh, guys, welcome to the boot. I'm Brian Flynn. And sitting next to me in this tiny space capsule, Kenna Trent. Kenna, how are you? I'm great. I uh, It took a long time to watch this movie. Really? Yeah, it's like two and a half hours long. Most movies are two and a half hours long. It, it's a long movie. I'm, I don't mean to disparage it right off the top because I really <laughs> enjoyed recasting this movie, but... I had never seen this movie. Really? Yeah. This, You've never seen this yeah, movie? No. What Ron Howard would consider his most cinematic film. Guys, this week, Ken and I are tackling the 1995 space biopic Apollo 13 starring Tom Hanks, Bill Paxson, Kevin Bacon, Gary Sinise... And Ed Harris and Kathleen Quinlan. That's right, guys. This week, Ken and I are going to pick our top six favorite characters of this movie. Not even our favorites. They're just basically the most important six. Yeah, we couldn't leave Marilyn Lovell out of the pack. We couldn't do it. She's so important. And we'll be taking those characters and recasting this movie as if this movie was going to be remade in the contemporary setting of 2018. But before we do that, we have to get through some actual reboot news. As we always do. There's a lot this week. Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles TV series heads to Hulu. Hulu is sinking its teeth into Anne Rice. End of sentence. That's it. Yeah. Hulu is sinking its teeth into Anne Rice. The streaming service has picked up the author's Vampire Chronicles TV series. An individual with knowledge of the deal tells the rap. Anne and son Christopher Rice will executive produce the project, which has been in the works since 2016. There is currently no showrunner attached to the series. Brian Fuller was previously attached. The author previously revealed that the series will begin with the story told in The Vampire Lestat and be an entirely open-ended story that could span multiple seasons. Uh, Brian Fuller no longer attached. I'm not shocked. (laughs) He loves to start things and leave in the middle. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, we have – this has been – out and about for a little while because they've been working on it since the uh, rights lapsed uh, at, I can't remember which studio, but um, they've been working on it for a couple of years. Somebody finally bought it and now they need somebody to run the show. (laughs) Can I I work in the movie studio executives or the TV executives find us on social media? We'll run the show. I'll give you my home address. Yeah. You can find me at (laughs) cut that out. (laughs) Guys, if you haven't heard of Anne Rice, uh, we're talking about the author of Interview with the Vampire, that series, episode five of The Boot. Check it out. I would wa- I would weirdly watch this show. And I, 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 what's funny is like when we did that episode, I think we were talking about like the idea of having more vampire media in like pop culture. And mm-hmm. I think we were both just like, 
Nah, pass. Take your receipts, taste pure things. Kill them swiftly if you will. But do it. For do not doubt. You are a killer, Louis. Yeah, the vampire-like trend, if you can call it that, passed swiftly. But these books have been around forever. Yeah, and I, I feel like there's a wave of horror mm-hmm. that's sort of hitting movies and TV. Shout out to Castle Rock, which is a great really show. Really good, yeah. So I feel like maybe I'm just like caught up in just watching a lot of like horror recently mm-hmm. um i saw it finally recently. yeah finally so finally. I, I think i'm just sort of in a headspace where it'd be like yeah i'll watch the history of a vampire that spans like centuries long honestly if they got a really good showrunner and who's not doing bad Mm-mm. let's just see like i'll watch i'll watch the pilot of this could you run a show with your mom well my mom's not a writer <laughs> right but like she would be like what I don't know. It just kind of feels funny that like this mother son duo, which is it's just like unusual. You want to hit the next one? Mm-hmm. Jacob's Ladder remake is in development. A remake of the cult classic horror thriller Jacob's Ladder is back on track. I don't know where it went, but now it's back on track. The original 1990 film follows Jacob Singer, played by Tim Robbins, a Vietnam veteran already reeling from the loss of his young son, Macaulay Culkin. Played by Macaulay Culkin. His son wasn't Macaulay Culkin. That would be really (laughs) funny, though. Who tries to discover the reasoning behind his flashbacks and horrific visions of demons. Elizabeth Pena also starred as Jacob's girlfriend, while Danny Aiello played Jacob's chiropractor, who comes up with perhaps the most profound meaning behind the veteran's tormented existence. Now, 30 years after the original film, financier LD Entertainment is getting behind the remake of Jacob's Ladder. According to The Hollywood Reporter, scribe Jeff Bueller who adapted Clive Barker's The Midnight Meat Train classic, is building upon an earlier draft of a script written by When a Stranger Calls writer Jake Wade Hall, also a classic. The production has not yet hired a director. The Hollywood Reporter says that the film won't be a straight-up remake of Jacob's Ladder. Rather, producers are looking to make it more of an homage to the 1990 version with a contemporary spin with, quote, New situations and characters, but still maintain a story that examines issues and poses existential questions, end quote. Uh, they don't have a director. Can I, where can the movie executives find us? You can find me at <laughs> Please cut all that out. <laughs> um, I, I haven't seen Jacob's Ladder in like a really, really long time. I, so I, I actually know. watched it very recently because I hadn't... Well, when I say recently, in the past year, I've mm-hmm. seen it. Um, and specifically was like, I've never seen this movie. I know the big twist. I don't know if everybody knows the big twist, but there's another podcast I love that references this all the time, posing that any movie could possibly have a Jacob's Ladder scenario in it. And I was like, I got to check this out. And as good as I think the movie was, as I was watching it, I remember very little of it now. Like I have a distinct vision of some of his visions and then the very end when you sort of realize what's happening. And then after that, I'm like, meh. Yeah. It was, it's very heavy. Where are you taking me? Where am I? Where do you want to go? Home. This is your home. You're dead. I'm not dead. What are you then? I'm alive. I'm curious if they're just going to be like, well, take out the Vietnam stuff. Yeah. Put in... The Iraq War stuff and call it a day, or do you think it'll be a little more varied on that? I mean, they might take it to like a maybe it's not even he maybe he's not even a veteran. Maybe he's a shoemaker, huh? You know that popular <laughs> job 
He's an Uber making driver. Making shoes <laughs> is literally the first. He's job an Uber that driver, like Denzel Washington in the Equalizer Two in uh, theaters now. Um. Oh God! Come on, Kenna. <laughs> Guess what, Brian? Guess who was cast in Top Gun Two? Colin Maverick. Jennifer Connelly on tarmac <laughs> for Top Gun Two Maverick. Jennifer Connelly is being set to join Tom Cruise in Top Gun 2 Maverick, a.k.a. Goose, a.k.a. Goosin 2, the Joseph Kaczynski-directed sequel for Paramount Pictures and Skydance. She will join Cruise, who reprises his Maverick character from the 1986 hit, alongside Val Kilmer, who returns to play Maverick's nemesis, Iceman. This is kind of the first time we've heard them say that Val Kilmer is back, like, because we knew he was going to be involved somehow, but he's back as the Iceman. Iceman. What's your problem, Kaczynski? You're everyone's problem. That's because every time you go up in the air, you're unsafe. I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Nice, man. I am dangerous. We love Val Kilmer. I will probably see this movie specifically and only for Val Kilmer. You have to go back and watch Top Gun again and really just get your mind right. If I watch it again, will you stop putting these... Nope. All right. Well, do you have anything to add on Jennifer Connelly? No, I mean, she's going to be in the movie. That's it. Let's move on. Yeah. All right. A remake of Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon has Deadpool 2's David Leitch Lich in talks. I'm sure people love it when you don't know how to pronounce their name. Hot off Deadpool 2, David Leitch is in early talks to direct Enter the Dragon, the remake of the 1973 martial arts classic that cemented Bruce Lee's iconic status. They will now have to set a writer. In Enter the Dragon, a Shaolin martial artist is pressed to enter a karate tournament on the island owned by the secretive Han. Ah, shout out to Fast and Furious. Who is suspected of using the gathering as a way to smuggle drugs around the world? The protagonist has his own motivation, revenge. He learns that his sister fought for her life and ultimately killed herself on Han's island rather than succumb to rape by a group of Han's thugs you have offended my family and you have offended a shaolin temple this all hinges on who they get to play bruce lee's character i mean they aren't of the same nationality but i know who this person has to be who i don't know how you say this but it's the raid guy i go there's probably a short list of like Three people who could do this. Like who's who are the, the other two? Um, I know this is a bad movie, but who's the guy in GI Joe? Oh, the one who Lee Byung Hun. Oh, he's great. He's Korean though. Yeah. And then Iko Uwe is Indonesian. Yeah. And then um, he's a little older, but uh, Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. How old is Donnie Yen? Fifty-five. <laughs> What? He looks good. Just get, yeah, get Donnie Yen. Game over. If, have you ever seen Ip Man? No. Okay, Ip Man is so good. Ip Man 1 and 2. I couldn't get through 3, but just watch Ip Man 1 and 2. Um, yeah, I think it's like whoever they pick for Bruce Lee's part is really either going to make or break this because I, I do see like the idea that like you could you could redo a lot of Bruce Lee's movies. Like his last movie was also really good. Um, but like... It was never finished. Like, the story behind it was really interesting. It was sort of like... It was actually sort of like the raid. Like, you had to go up... Like, when you had to fight up levels. Any movie mm-hmm. where someone has to fight up levels, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. 
I think that's it. I think we stumbled uh, pretty heroically through these four uh, four movie news. So why don't we get to our recast of Apollo 13 because we probably have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Just in terms of like the people who were in it, how it was made, what it's about. So, Kenna, why don't we go through the rules? Um, this is a podcast best listened to with an open IMDb. We may talk about some people you've never heard of and you're going to want to look them up. We will be talking about a movie that Brian had not seen. So if you also have not seen it, pause us right now. Go grab some dinner. Watch the movie. You're going to need it halfway through. You're going to get hungry. And then come back. Meet us here. And we'll talk about it. And then after, go stare at the moon longingly. Is that what you did? Well, we're in L.A. You can't see space in L.A. <laughs> it's too much light pollution. <laughs> can't see any space. Um, that's really sad. Uh, <laughs> none of the rules. Rule number one. No remakes, reboots, or long lost sequels. We can't do a movie that has already been redone in the last 20 years. This includes franchises like... Batman. Okay. Uh, that pop back up with sequels every few decades. Uh, rule number two, no imaginary casting. Our dream cast must be made up of actors that are alive and working today. And rule number three, no tender casting, which is interesting for this one because we should not tender cast the movie, but we will be casting people based on how they looked compared to the his- actual <laughs> historic figures. Right. Um, so we're, we're letting that, we're letting rule number three slide because, uh, this is our first biopic and it's the first one we can do this with. So, yeah. All right, guys, let's get into this episode's reboot of Apollo 13. Look, it's Frau Morrow. I can see our landing site. Wow. Look at that Ziokovsky crater. I can't believe how bright the ejected blanket is. It's like snow. Beautiful. It's Mary Imbrium to the north. Picking you up at a velocity of 7,062 feet per second at a distance from the moon of 56 nautical miles. Stand by for your PC plus two burn data. Gotta tell you, I had to take this baby down, though. Do some prospecting. Damn, they were close. Gentlemen, what are your intentions? I'd like to go home. Apollo 13 stars Tom Hanks as Jim Lovell, Bill Paxson as Fred Hayes, Kevin Bacon as Jack Swigert, Gary Sinise as Ken Mattingly, Ed Harris as Mission Commander Gene Krantz, and Kathleen Quinlan as Marilyn Lovell. Um, Okay, let's get into it. Jim Lovell, which is like such a great name for like the most kind of pure of hearted astronaut you know, do we know that he was pure? Of no, art? I don't. But like watching Tom Hanks, like just the last name Lovell. I mean, his, his last name has love in it. I just think that's great. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks is third, second appearance on this pod. S- uh, second? second appearance. Paxton's third. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, he wasn't in. He, we didn't recast him in Tombstone, did we? No, no. So technically, so technically. Fourth. But three, this is our third recast. Ugh, I hate doing it. I literally almost hit the Isaac uh, Oscar Isaac button. I was just like, "For fuck it!" I don't no, know. Oscar Isaac does not look like a single one of these. No, men he in doesn't. Real life. But I would have been like, mad at you. I, anyways, um, I guess I guess I'll go first, and I'll explain my. Uh, okay, I'm going to sound very frustrated when I tell you that I picked John Krasinski. Okay. 
And I, uh, I mean, I see why. I struggled with picking him. I see why. Because I, I, <clears throat> I don't like it, but I see why. <laughs> I think he would do fine. You've really disappointed me, but I see why. <laughs> no, I, I think he would do a great job in this role. I don't know if, who doesn't know who John Krasinski is at this point. The star and director of A Quiet Place. Uh, Will be appearing in Tom Clancy's Jack, Jack Ryan, Ryan, August 31st on Amazon Prime. Plug, 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 plug. Tune in. <laughs> I put him in there heavily on this faded Tinder rule that we had because I Lovell, he kind of has like a goofier face. Uh, no offense, uh, Mr. Lovell. I just, you know, um, it's <laughs> like hard. He said no offense, Mr. Lovell, and not no offense, Mr. Krasinski. You look like a goof, Krasinski. <laughs> So, I, yeah, I just I, I saw him as kind of the level in this movie just as is perceived as the big dreamer, mm-hmm. the guy who watched his colleagues walk on the moon, wasn't sure if he was going to do it, then gets his opportunity. And he his whole life is building to this moment. Yeah. From now on, we live in a world where man has walked on the moon. Apollo 8, we were so close, just 60 nautical miles down mm-hmm. Who's like I could just step out and walk on the face of it? Which is why they cast Tom Hanks to begin with, because he's, I guess, like a huge NASA uh, nerd. I hate using that in freak. Terms of, yeah, he loves space, and so they took the script to him first yeah. to essentially be like, "Do you want to? If do you want to do this, it's yours." Um, wait, who was it who had? Was it Gary Sinise that they said had, after they cast Tom Hanks, they went to Sinise. And they were like, you can be any role You can in be this. anyone you want. And he picked the guy who doesn't go to space. Because he's the hero. Yeah. Um, I think Krasinski could play that quality of a man who has to leave his family to pursue a dream. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of trying to reach for that dream, then has to, you know, deal with the idea of like never seeing them again and possibly yeah. like dying. No, I mean, I I think he has sort of cemented himself now in this place of like, he can play the family man, he can play the hero, he can play the the emotional core. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, he's a very American looking actor, which I think is somewhat important. Um, yeah, he just looks he looks like he could be an astronaut. Um, that there's a moment where. When they're watching the Apollo 11 landing. And oh, you like, mean that really long shot of just his face? Yeah. Tom Hanks, when they sort of do that zoom, um, really gorgeously like plays all the emotions of like mm-hmm. he's hopeful, he's a little fearful. A little jealous. Yeah, he's excited, but there's a lot going on and you can read it all happening all at once and it's really a lovely piece of acting by Mr. Hanks. He also knows it's like a profound world changing moment like for us who grew up well after you know. Yeah it was just a fact it's just yeah to us it's just like wow okay yeah. Well I mean let's talk about the elephant in the room this movie posits that man actually walked on the moon and that Stanley Kubrick did not stage the moon landing Brian we gotta say it (laughs) I don't know how everybody feels about this, but it could it could not have happened. This could all be a farce, <laughs> you know. So I just wanted to put that out there. I I want this. Ep- this is the episode where you come out as like a major conspiracy theorist. <laughs> oh my lord! 
Um, all right. Who do you have for Jim Lovell? Okay. I took one look at a picture of Jim Lovell and I said to myself, can I, you know who this person looks like? And I said back to myself, yeah, you do. And I knew it immediately. And I'm very excited to cast him in this because he's earned it. He deserves it. And we're going to love him for it. Rafe Spall. Who is Rafe Spall? <laughs> Brian, let me tell you who Rafe Spall is. You've seen Rafe Spall. You saw him this summer if you went to see Jurassic World. Uh, what was the title of that movie? <laughs> Lost Kingdom? Fa- Fallen, Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. He was the villain. Um, he has been in Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the okay. Dead. Yes, I do know this person. He single-handedly has... seen an actual classic film called green street hooligans look up rafe spall you're gonna be like yeah this is the guy who's in all the movies that i love rafe spall has been in possibly one of the funniest frames of a movie ever <laughs> recorded just google hot fuzz gifts and you'll see the like triple are you talking take. about the one where he like <laughs> yeah the triple take between- back into screen <laughs> it's so funny Here's what I don't like about this man. And I love this actor. Okay. I think he's. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. He's English. Yeah. He's I English. I came to terms with it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it to America. I couldn't do it to our space program. Okay. Donald Trump. Do you think the Russians <laughs> would be getting <laughs> Turkish men to fly their spaceships? No. Maybe. They, would they get French people? English people? No. They get Russians. Red blooded <laughs> Russians. <laughs> So that's my only qualm. Like, look, yeah, are all of our superheroes British? Yeah, they are. Here's the thing, though. I cast several British people in my cast, and I do feel pretty strongly about using American actors to play classic American heroes because I think it's important. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I think that's just something that as Americans we instill in each other. It really doesn't make any sense. But I think Rafe Spall is the right choice. Um... (laughs) Okay, like it's a good. He's a good actor. I'm just being a little, a little bit patriotic. About Get over it. it. A little bit jingoistic about it. Okay. Let's move on to Fred Hayes. Arguably, arguably, was he the best character? He had all the best lines. Wait, is he the one who says, "Hey, I'm hungry." Are you sure? I could eat the ass out of a dead rhinoceros. The line that Gary Busey made up. Yeah, on the sunset. Who in their right mind? Um. Bill Paxton is so hard to replace because he he brings like just as much heart as Hanks, but with like a different quality to him, like him, him like slowly getting sick in the ship and like realizing that he, you know, like watching them all slowly kind of go was very hard. But like it, it, I felt like Hayes was the one that we really focused on. Like he was constantly just like freezing to death. You really start to feel for him, especially because the flight surgeon is like he has a temperature of 104 could you imagine 104 degrees yeah i'm in it right now <laughs> yeah guys i i fully don't think you understand it's 600 so degrees in la right now um, and so it's 1200 degrees in this room <laughs> by the way it's your turn i gotta say for this one i had two people listed and i've been going back and forth between them and one of them is not american <laughs> So I'm scared. I'm scared to say it. So I think I'm going to choose the American because I think he's a good choice. And pick the best choice. I'm scared of you. Pick the best choice. And I'm scared of the Make America Great Again hat you're wearing. (laughs) And I'm scared. Guys, come find me. I live at.
Um, okay, I picked Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was on my list. He was on my list. Because honestly, an actor who has played a lot of a lot of uh, heavy parts, he's had a lot of big roles, but nothing that really like punches him up to this level. And I think he's ready. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's a great pick. I <clears throat> I got intimidated by the like level of star power the original had, mm. so I kept looking for kind of big names, and so I put this guy in for. Fred, uh, because I, I wanted him for Jim, but again, the Tinder rule, like historically, he looked a little bit more like Fred than John Krasinski. <laughs> um, okay. I, I picked Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I definitely looked him up. And, um, you just picked, the, you the, picked some like, some like beefy dudes, beefy guys beefy to guys. be in this tiny They're astronauts, space. baby. Yeah. <laughs> They gotta look like GI Joes, um, but no, seriously, I picked wow. Gyllenhaal. The space program under Brian Flynn would be <laughs> yikes, but also it would be sexy AF. It'd be like Star Trek. Everyone on Star Trek sexy, really? Yeah, they're all sort of like slim and trim, though. It's not like it's not like GI Joe. No, but they're still sexy. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Real Trekkies know what I'm talking about. Look. Um, <laughs> I, like okay, there is a there's a moment with Fred that I really sort of keyed in on, and Fred is basically like dying, and he realizes that like you know his wife is like eight months pregnant, and they're just having this very like quiet conversation, and then mm-hmm. uh, Jack comes in and he's like, hey, I think something's wrong, and then he turns on Jack. What was that gauge reading before he hit the switch? You don't tell me how to fly the damn CM, all right? You they brought me know, in here do to do a job. They asked me to stir the damn tanks, and I stir the tanks. Jack, stop kicking yourself in the ass. This is not my fault. I just asked you what the gauge is reading. All right, we're not and gonna... you don't know. I need an actor who can kind of do all of that, and I think Hall can do it. My only qualm with this lineup is no one bosses around Jake Gyllenhaal in a movie. Really? Unless you're Robert Downey Jr. Like, I don't, like... I feel like Krasinski next to Gyllenhaal, you're just going to watch Gyllenhaal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. So but that, that was my now only Now I'm like, interested to see who your swagger is. Like, I'll say this about Fred Hayes, even though he was dying through half the movie. They all look pretty good for the fact that they're not sleeping or eating well on this ship. Yeah. They all look pretty great. Nobody's eyes are bagging. No, no dark circles. No, like, not hair isn't really must do you think in the 2018 version like a director would make these guys go method and be like you're not eating for the next like four weeks well didn't you hear that when jake gyllenhaal and michael pena did end of watch they like trained with actual police in south central and got like tased so they could carry tasers jake gyllenhaal would do it guys yeah he would do it he would get like he'll do it yeah um and i think he would push krasinski to, to like bring his a game too which yeah. I kind of – it's like when I think about Hanks and, and Paxton, mm-hmm. I think Hanks and Paxton are like equal. But okay. I, I do think that you kind of you kind of watch Paxton all the time because he's so charismatic and he's so he, – there's no actor like him. There really is no actor like him, which has been very difficult. Was. I like to think that he's still with us. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, the ghost of Bill Paxton. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Jack Swigert. Swigert? Swigert. Swigert. Uh, played by Kevin Bacon. Listen, the Bacon might be my Paxton. 
Ooh. I love the bacon. Ooh. Um, um, who went first last time? You went first last time. Yes. So I got to go first. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I know I literally just said I got to pull out like all stars for this movie. Okay. And you're about to. <laughs> I'm about to drop it a D-list level. celeb. Uh, D-list, but I'm going to drop it down a level because I wanted to pick someone who was kind of younger because I thought that was important about Jack. Like, in the movie, Jack is portrayed as, like, less competent than Ken was. So when the switch happens, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be made to feel like this is an unsafe thing. Well, that's he hasn't happen. had his... They say he he is a competent pilot, but he hasn't had enough training. And so all these things that they instinctively know about each other, he is just figuring out. Okay, we're at three Gs. Five Gs. We're coming in too steep. I'm gonna stay in this roll, see if I can pull this out of it. We're at eight Gs. Nine. Ten. We're at twelve Gs. Twelve Gs, we're running out. Damn it! Which is what's scary about it. Yes, but in the reality, like, he's a highly decorated pilot. He's done hours and hours of space training. Yeah. But I did think that was an important part of that moment. So I casted someone a lot younger to kind of really enforce that. And also the idea that, like, Jack is somehow this kind of, like, big swinging dick who's just, like, constantly, like, sleeping with people. And then even... Oh, on the news, they're like, girl in every port, am I right? (laughs) And then Fred's like, I think he gave me the clap. (laughs) (laughs) So awful. Um, And I never do this, but... uh, a friend of mine suggested this actor, and anytime a friend suggests like an actor for me, I'm like, okay, okay, thanks. But uh, yeah, I do the same thing. I'm like, don't tell me what to yeah, do. Yeah. So this is a shout out to my friend who I actually don't think even listens to this podcast because uh, she doesn't listen to podcasts at all. See that shout out to the people who claim that they are friends of ours and do not listen to this podcast, <laughs> guys. Every little bit helps. Um, I picked Jake Lacey from <gasps> Miss Sloan and Obvious Child. I love Jake Lacey. See, he's he's oh, good, I love right? Jake Lacey. Um, and he looks like a freaking astronaut, too. Yeah, well, he, he looks does. in my hot beefcake at NASA. He looks like a beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like your cast. They are they just wouldn't fit in the ship. So that's the only problem. You just build a bigger ship and it's just forced perspective. Look, um, I think he kind of could play kind of the, like a little more of a novice to like Jim and Fred's kind of uh, repartee that they kind of have, but still be a very qualified astronaut. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. So that's who I went with. And There's I, something yeah. about him that makes you think like, eh, he's a little young. He's a little this. Yeah. But in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who do you got? Um, I sort of did the same thing. This is probably my biggest get someone who I think can appear to be somewhat uh, foolish, a little naive maybe, but um, ultimately is a very competent actor and has really proved himself to to be um, just improving right in front of our eyes. Mm. I picked Channing Tatum. You know what? I like it. I I thought about him as well. I thought about him in cool. some as well, like I thought about him in some aspect of like who could he be on this show? And then you said he's not hot enough. You said I want <laughs> the cream of the crop. I don't like Magic Mike. No, disgusting. Thank you. No, thank Blech. you. These people pale in comparison <laughs> no, to the cast I will cast. I think the only reason I didn't pick him was um, I had 
already picked him in something else. And like a little behind the scenes oh, of this, right, like right, right. it really bums me out when I pick someone I already have picked. Because there's so many great actors. Yeah. Like we, we try and be original and fresh. Mm-hmm. We try to be fresh for the kids. Um, wow. Uh, right. Moving on. Uh, oh, I did want to say that there's, so, do you remember the moment where they're getting ready to, they're like putting their um, medical sensors on them. Uh-huh. Um, and Kevin Bacon says, I'm going to give these guys a beautiful ride. And the doctor that's helping him says, Sure you will, Jack. There is something so sensual about this exchange. <laughs> I paused and rewound because I was like, is there a subplot that we're missing Come here? Come on. Well, I'm going to give these guys a beautiful ride. I don't know if please, it's a subplot. <laughs> please find the clip because it was shocking to me how like <clears throat> from the heart it felt. I don't know if it's a subplot as much as it there's an erotic tone to yeah, like someone start writing man. fan fiction about Jack Swaggart and this one medical guy. <laughs> it's a little Top Gun, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. Wait, do you know what you mean? <laughs> yes. I don't think you do. All right. Let's move on to Ken Mattingly. See, this what is a heartbreak. This is the thing that really warmed my heart was the Hanks and Sinise reunion that we had here. But uh, this was like this was such a heartbreaking character to watch. Like the moment where they're like he's he could get the measles. It's one of those things where like men don't cry about it. men I don't want to make this a generalization but like just as a population men generally don't get emotional about as many things as women do. But there are certain things. And so you can see him like riding that line when they're telling him it's just not going to happen for you. And he's trying to take it and be like, okay, yeah. there are other opportunities. But he's disappointed and angry at the same time. You can just like see him sort of like bubbling below the yeah. surface. Swigert, he'll, he'll be fine. He's, uh, he's strong. It'll be a hell of a mission, one for the books. You sure about this, Jim? I mean, why don't I go upstairs and talk to Deke? I'm sure we can work this out. This was my call. Must have been a tough one. It's um, really good. It's really good, and I think it requires elegance. Yeah. It requires class. It requires a very uh, generous nonprofit. Um, I cast Killian Murphy. That's very good. Who is not American, but um, who I think is a phenomenal actor and would hit all the points. And he happens to look, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, like Kit Mattingly. Um, I love Killian Murphy. I've loved Killian Murphy since uh, 20 Days Later. Oh, so good. uh, Where he was, this is going to sound weird, but I guess the first shot of Killian Murphy is he's laying naked in a hospital bed. <laughs> the zombie apocalypse. I think there's like a close up before the wide, but yeah, you're there's, introduced that's how to we're him introduced, almost immediately. That's how the world was introduced <laughs> to Killian Murphy. It was like, oh, here's this man. Um, but yeah, Peaky Blinders, uh, the Dark Knight uh, trilogy. Yeah. Uh, love me some Killian Murphy. Um, I'm, I have to stand up for my... Uh, sensitive brothers out there i'm Men. not saying i'm not saying i'm just it's it's fast like it's one of those moments because i don't want to be that person that's like men only cry about sports they do but it's they express emotion differently and so you can see him trying to be strong for himself yeah and slowly like losing it because he can't deny that he's right. upset well i'll say this if i was trained my whole life to go into space 
and then was denied the opportunity to go to fucking space. Yeah, I would be a wreck too. But there's a line in there when when um, the original crew, their captain, it has like like an infection, like an ear infection, and then they get bumped. Tom yeah. Hanks has a line where he's like, I wouldn't want to be so-and-so. To, I wouldn't want to be so-and-so's wife tonight. Alluding to the fact that like these guys, basically what they do is they go home and that's where they're just kind of like, and it's not pretty. Insert that clip of the worst cry ever. John Ham, John Ham. Um. So I just want to like clarify that it's like, yeah, I mean, this guy was his basically whole life was just like torn apart. Especially because, and that's an interesting thing that you say about his wife because Kim Mattingly was single. Yeah. And so he's like the person sitting at home and like watching them talk about how Jack Swigert is the first like bachelor in space. And he's like, it doesn't just hurt in the sense that like it could have been him. It hurts that like this whole thing could have been him. And he's receiving all this praise for being single. That's kind of weird. But like him watching the takeoff. Heartbreaking. heartbreaking and then him coming home and like watching the tv and turning on turning it off right before he gets the news mm-hmm. and then just like hanging up his phone and you're just like no you ah Ken. What? good you're not dead i'm trying to get in touch with you for 45 minutes jesus john what are you doing here gotta get you in the simulators we gotta ship the land what there's been an explosion Oxygen tanks are gone, two fuel cells gone, command modules shut down. What about the crew? Crew's fine so far, trying to keep them alive in the limb. We're gonna have to shut that down pretty soon, too. It was really good. Again, I hadn't seen this movie. I hadn't seen this movie, so I was really into it. Um, (laughs) All right, so I should get to my pick. I needed to pick an actor who could do, who could hit those moments, who could sit there and kind of be in that moment where. Everything has been taken away from him mm-hmm. and knowing that his friend was the one who made that decision mm-hmm. for him. And I might be playing a little bit of a patriotic tune right now. A oh, little patriotic boy. tune right now for the American actor. I made my choice. Although he has ties to Scientology. Uh, I picked Ben Foster. I mean, Ben Foster's amazing. He's really good. And he kind of looks like Ken Mattingly, we'll who bet. was actually bald the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> The Which whole time. A, the whole time it was bald. Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, it didn't enough. He didn't just grow hair in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's a great choice. He's a great actor. Yeah. He's a great actor. And he's an American. But he's we lose Scientology. them all. We lose them all to Scientology <laughs> in the end. Um, okay. Let's move on to Gene Kranz. Okay. So all before right. we started recording. Yeah. Big scandal amongst the boot. <laughs> Which the is boot. just us. <laughs> Um, this might have been our last episode. No, I'm just joking. Brian said he wanted to break a rule, and I knew. And after this, I'm going to show him how I have this listed because I almost did the same thing. This needs to be Gene Kranz needs to be played by Barry Pepper. But because that's they look identical. <laughs> but because we can't do that. All right. Who's who's goes first? Uh, I go first. So yeah, to the audience, my first choice. To the audience and to Mr. Barry Pepper, who will eventually listen. Probably, hopefully. You were my first choice on this. But due to studio politics, as is <laughs> often the case, I couldn't pick you. So I had to pick someone who was in the vein of Aird Harris, who on a previous podcast I mm-hmm. mentioned is the scariest man alive. Yeah. 
um, I wanted to pick someone who could command that control center, who mm-hmm. basically he has to sit there and direct every single bit of information from every department. Yeah. And make that split decision that could save these men or send them careening into space for all eternity. I want you guys to find every engineer who designed every switch, every circuit, every transistor, and every light bulb that's up there. Then I want you to talk to the guy in the assembly line who actually built the thing. I want this mark all the way back to Earth with time to spare. We never lost an American in space. We're sure as hell not going to lose one on my watch. Failure is not an option. What was also got to me is at the very end, spoiler alert, when the men are saved, when they realize that the men have returned home safely, I think that's the most emotion that I've seen Ed Harris emit in any movie I've seen like him. like just flat out anger? Rage. <laughs> yeah. Just blind <clears throat> rage. So I was like, okay, I need, an, I need an actor who can be intimidating, commanding, but who could have that very quiet moment amongst those men i picked leave schreiber mrs mrs mr <laughs> mr naomi watts. mr naomi watson are they still together yeah, i thought so um interesting i mean i'm not <laughs> i'm getting an interesting i'm getting an interesting oh, I, I feel like boy. confetti should fall from the sky every time you say interesting i'll just throw my wine in your face <laughs> um I I mean, it's a decent choice. Yeah. I, I like my choice better. If you say Barry Pepper, I'm walking out this door. <laughs> I was just like, you can't. Mm. <laughs> All right, yeah, I was like, you pick? Suck it. Um, I'll say this. I agree. Ed Harris is amazing. He's also terrifying. I think the thing I love about Ed Harris is that he doesn't seem like an actor. He seems like your dad's friend who like drinks while he hunts, you know? <laughs> you and I grew up in radically different parts of the country. <laughs> you know, he just throws caution to the wind um, and all common sense. But I feel like I kind of had to pick another cowboy because there's just something about that like leadership. I don't know. I picked Daniel Craig. <laughs> Who is not American? Neither is Leif Schreiber. But he's not? no, he's Australian, right? No, he's not. Leif Schreiber is not American. Is an American actor, director, screenwriter, and producer who became known during the late '90s and early 2000s, having appeared in several independent films. Born in San Francisco, what? California. Guys, Leif Schreiber is not American. It says it right here. <sighs> anyway, so I cast Daniel Craig because. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't care. I care about the quality of the acting, not about their nationality. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do not disparage the quality of my actors. Leo Schreiber is great, but I think I prefer Daniel Craig in this role. You prefer a bunch of British men to fly up into space for you. And that's fine. I, on the other hand, want my astronauts made Made in the gosh darn US of A. Thank you very much. He is wearing red, white, and blue right now, guys. I don't know. (laughs) Little insight into our... Into our life, um, I mean, I mean, honestly, if I had it my way, uh, British men would fly into space. They haven't had their chance. So, um, but I think Daniel Craig's great. I think he's a great actor, and too. he bears resemblance to real life Gene Kranz. He does. Uh, again, I'm only getting on your case just because I think it's funny that you picked it. Because that was my fear. Is like I'm going to pick a bunch of British actors, so I I tried to 
keep it to. I think the thing Americans. to learn here is that you don't have to be afraid. Fine, I picked berry pepper. <laughs> <laughs> but you should be so scared about that. Okay. Um, um, let's move on. Let's move on and finish this up with Marilyn Lovell. Let's talk, I actually have a lot to talk about this character because yeah, she's um, so important. She's very important, but her role is very much of the worried wife. I thought they didn't care about this mission. They didn't even run Jim's show. More dramatic now. Suddenly people are... Oh, if landing on the moon wasn't dramatic enough for them, why should not landing on it be? Look, I, um, I realize how hard this is, Marilyn, but the whole world is caught up in it. It's No, Henry. Since... Those people don't put one piece of equipment on my lawn. If they have a problem with that, they can take it up with my husband. He'll be home on Friday. But as I watch it, there's a lot more to it than just that like it's it it's not like the rock where nicholas cage is running all over the place and she's just like sitting in a chair they did give her the time to be like what does it mean to be an astronaut's wife you know like what is it to her that she has to go and tell his mother that he might not come home what is it like for her to you know coach her husband's colleague's wife with the press like mm-hmm. you know this is a this is a aspect of a woman that we don't actually get to see a lot and so i i yeah. actually thought that was really really important yeah there is this idea of like while he's gone she is maintaining their children's lives their family's life and to be essentially cuz it's that thing of people start showing up bringing you food and comfort and just trying to make sure everything's okay and you have a big responsibility in that moment because it's like, okay, yeah. do you fall apart or do you invite everybody in, make everybody comfortable and sit it out? And you, she is the sort of like old school um, housewife who is like, we're going to, we're going to get through this yeah. because while they don't know the result, she is going to be strong for Fred Hayes's wife for the whole family, yeah. for his mother. Yeah, she she's really great. Also, I love that everybody thought that the moment of her losing her wedding band down the drain Mistake. was like too too much of a trope. <laughs> um, and then Marilyn Lovell was like, no, that really happened. I lost my wedding band and she found it again. She got yeah. it back. But, but they never show her getting it back. It's such it's such an omen. Like even when I was watching this movie as a yeah. kid, I was like, that's not good. Oh, my God. It was real. I was- <laughs> I'm actually really upset that I hadn't seen this movie, but it it was it was a delight. Yeah, talk about being a real American. This guy over here has never seen Apollo 13. <laughs> he hates Ron Howard. He hates America. He hates right. Bryce Dallas Howard. So, which know. British actress are you about to say right now? Son of a bitch, she is British. <laughs> Crap! Crap! Just pick a Canadian. She's right. For the part. Are there no picking someone Canadian is the most un-American thing you could do? <laughs> well, there um, aren't enough American actresses. You were like, I have to go British. They're historic I have to go British. figures. Okay. I picked who was right for the part. Um, I picked Ruth Wilson. Mm-hmm. Of the affair. Oh, okay. Of okay. What was she in recently? Luther, the Lone Ranger. Luther. Saving Mr. Banks. I recognize her face, but I, I'm not very um, familiar with her work. 
unfortunately, I did see the Lone Ranger. So that's the best <laughs> thing that I know her from. And I barely remember that. Um, so tell me about her. She's great. Mm-hmm. She's a great actress. She looks the part. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be phenomenal. Great. Well, the American actress I picked. Okay. <laughs> Say it. Um, I picked Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, that's a good choice. Thank you. Um, from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, she big little eyes. I think she's in. No, no. what is she in? She was in something recently. 10, cl- 10, Clover 10 Cloverfield Field Lane and Fargo. I was thinking of Fargo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought that she could play that dynamic that we we're talking about. And another point to, um, Marilyn that I really loved is the whole sort of subplot with the daughter wanting to join like the free love movement. Yeah. It wasn't like a political thing. It was more like, no, like we're just being your parents. Like you can't wear this thing out. Like you have to do what I say. And then later on, she was like, I need you're coming to this broadcast, even though they're not even broadcasting the show. She brings her daughter along and it was sort of this moment where by the end, the daughter is fully realizes the importance of like Mm -hmm. being there for family. And I thought that was a very important aspect to show Marilyn doing right that I really appreciate it. And I, and I, and I love Mary Elizabeth once said, I've been wanting to cast her in something for so long. Here she is. And here she is. And you know what? Her English boyfriend can come along. I'll cast him in something too. Who's she dating? I don't know if they're still dating. You and McGregor, like, wait, she dating you? I think you and McGregor like left his wife what? to be with her. Yeah. You and McGregor. Yeah. I don't know. What are you gonna do? Wow. I'm really disappointed <clears throat> in you, you and McGregor. Well, this has been quite a fun recast. I really enjoyed <laughs> myself. I really enjoyed myself. Yeah. Why don't we get to the part that now everyone is wondering where does Barry Pepper go where does he go okay I picked Neil Armstrong (laughs) that part made me very emotional for some reason yeah when you see that it's Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin coming to like keep his mother company wow yeah but the way it was revealed is so great it's just like these men are gonna keep you company and she's like who are you he's like I'm Neil Armstrong and that's Buzz Aldrin also, shout out to the third guy who was on that mission who didn't get to walk on the moon. Matt something. I don't know. He's not important. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a great choice. Um, I don't think he looks like Neil Armstrong. But No, he doesn't at all. Michael Collins was the third astronaut. Shout out to Michael Collins. Huh. Um, yeah. But you know what? It was like, look, if I can't put him where I want to put him, I'm going to give him the most, not prestigious role, but it's like, it's Neil Freaking Armstrong. It's the yeah, first man on the moon. he's a genuine American hero. So there you go. That's Even though we walked on the moon and then screwed up his one line. Guys, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick is a very intense director. I would have been scared too. So we shouldn't fault him. Or maybe he made it more believable because of just the grandeur of the moment. All work and no play makes Neil Armstrong a dull boy. Who'd you pick? Um, I picked Deke Slayton, who is not the NASA director but is the mission director mm, yeah yeah above yeah, yeah. gene Kranz. yes 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 um, yes can i just give a special ha- shout out to lauren dean's hair sure <laughs> lauren dean who we previously recast in our gattaca episode and who has the most glorious head of hair i've ever seen um i wanted to run my fingers through it 
through the TV. Um, yeah, it was just beautiful. Congratulations, Lauren Dean. He he. <laughs> I kept being like this fucking asshole. Stop talking about the amps. Like he's got the procedure down. But at the and same like, time, no, we were like, "You beautiful beast." Oh, he was like, "Bro, bro, too many amps." <laughs> Too many amps, bro. Ken, you're telling me what you need. I'm telling you what we have to work with at this point. I'm not making this stuff up. They're going to need all these systems, Jan. We do not have the power, Ken. Yeah. I don't have any notes for this. I, I was so I was so into it, I didn't write anything down. But I just, I really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen this movie, please watch this movie. I'll say this, too, about this movie. Um, it's interesting uh, how most movies like this are made by men about men's accomplishments mm-hmm. in history and so there's something very huge about this movie there's something very important about this mm-hmm. movie in the way it feels but compare this to something like hidden figures that is similarly about a very specific occasion in history that was very vital yeah um to our uh to the space race um and ultimately uh vital to a much larger uh societal issue and how the two movies compare i think it's very fascinating how like there i think there's a certain way that we tend to look at history um that makes it seem very important not that this wasn't but um comparatively hidden figures is a very uh fun uplifting fascinating movie and i found this to be incredibly heavy yeah i i do know what you're talking about like hidden figures in terms of a biopic it didn't have the same scale. and But it didn't need it. It was a very, uh, and arguably this is too, it's about each man's um, personal interest in taking on the job right. that they've taken. It just ha- it happens to be about space. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great point. I, I agree with you, so I don't know what else to say. Okay, well. I also feel like if I say anything... <laughs> I'm not going to jump down your throat. No, but I... I, I It was purely an observation of, like, this is a very self-important movie. Not that the occasion itself isn't important, but... Well, like, just Comparatively, I was like, you know what? Like, the the way that we were able to make um, Hidden Figures such an uplifting uh, adventure, um, it's just kind of fascinating. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. (laughs) All right, guys, thanks for joining us on this episode of The Boot. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please check out our other episodes and subscribe. Kenna, where can they find us online? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just give us a search. You can find this podcast on social media, at The Boot Podcast on Twitter, and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can find us separately because we're in a fight over Barry Pepper, at Flimby, and at And our level of patriotism, apparently. I said yours and Uh, then you talked over mine. At Kenna Trent on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, guys, (laughs) thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. flying with you.